Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast, or welcome if this is your first time joining. My name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian that works from a non-diet perspective, and I'm also the creator of this podcast, which aims to share non-diet information and perspectives around wellness topics, fitness topics, nutrition topics, current events, and more. Because so much of what we see nowadays is very written with diet culture. And because of that, it's very useful to have a different viewpoint that you can take into account when making decisions about how you want to interact with something and how you want to live your life. And today's episode is a current events type of episode on Ozempic. If you have not listened to the podcast before, I have already talked about Ozempic a couple of times, so I will link that down below, both the just kind of intro to Ozempic conversation, how it works, what it does, who it was created for, how it's being used, and also a conversation about some of the updates in terms of how Ozempic could be affecting people's bodies. But today we are talking about Oprah Winifrey revealing that she's using Ozempic. Technically, she's just using a weight loss medication and there are multiple different types. They're not all named Ozempic, but they're basically all in the same category. I feel like this topic is one that I'm nervous to even cover because there are a lot of layers to this. And I feel like what I'm going to say is probably going to be different than what some of you guys would expect. And yet, I think that's why it's important to actually talk about this. So let's first talk about what happened. On December 14th of 2023, people had Oprah on their cover. And the cover story discussed how Oprah revealed that she's using weight loss medication as a maintenance tool. Now, this article from People will be linked down below so that you can read through it if you want to know more about the situation, but I will also be referencing that throughout this conversation. So, this entire cover story really seems to be based on the fact that she is, in fact, on this weight loss medication. I want to clarify that it doesn't say Ozempic because Ozempic falls under a category of these medically approved prescription drugs that can help to induce weight loss. So there's different names for them. So she may not be directly on Ozempic, but she is on something that is similar to Ozempic. And within this, there's tons of different things that she speaks to as to why she made this decision. And we're going to get into those in a little bit, but I feel like it's first important to talk a little bit about Oprah and her history of attention around her weight. I feel she needs no introduction. I'm sure every single one of you guys knows Oprah. She's one of the most famous women in the world, but you may may not be aware of just how much weight has been a topic of conversation throughout her career. To give you an idea of how extreme this is, if you search up Oprah Winifrey weight, there is an article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that is about Oprah's weight throughout the years, and it's a bunch of different pictures of her throughout the different years documenting her sizes, and if she made any commentary on why she was that size, they have included that. I mean, imagine having your entire career and your entire life 
be documented through your weight by the media. So clearly that already gives you some insight to how much her weight has been a topic of conversation, but to just make sure that you understand it fully from the very, very beginning of when Oprah became a public figure, people discussed her weight. And we'll talk about some of the reasons as to why that could be in a little bit, but just know that was happening from the beginning and it's still happening to this day. I mean, the fact that People Magazine would post an entire cover story about the fact that she is on a prescription weight loss medication tells you that in and of itself, right? But the reasons as to why her weight is discussed so often, why her body is discussed so often, has actually even made some shifts over recent years. In 2015, Oprah went on Weight Watchers, and 15 months later, she shared her happiness of being able to lose a significant amount of weight while also eating all of the foods that she enjoys. So, of course, Weight Watchers wants a part of this because she is so influential. She's sharing this positive experience. So, in 2015, Oprah buys 10% of Weight Watchers and agrees to be its ambassador. And the impact and influence of this partnership is beyond what you can even imagine. Just to give you some context, Weight Watchers shares became worth 13 times more what they were in 2015 by 2018. And between the years of 2017 to 2018, Weight Watchers reported over 1 million more members and an increase in revenue of one-fifth, mostly due to Oprah's influence. So at this point, there's almost even more of a focus on her weight because she has moved into a role where weight is a part of the discussion. I mean, Weight Watchers has weight in its name and she is now a spokesperson ambassador for this company. And so with that move, there was even more of a conversation about her body because many people felt like her being in that role almost gave them permission then to speak about the way that she looked. And when reading through this article, you can see that this was okay. And by okay, I don't mean that I know what Oprah internally was experiencing during this time. I more so mean that there wasn't tons of conversation in as negative of a light about her body in the media until around 2021. She had a knee surgery and she had to rehabilitate from that. So she was doing a pretty intensive movement routine and also a pretty intensive food routine. And yet she felt like she still couldn't get to the place that she wanted. And again, she speaks to this in the article, but she says that she had an awareness of weight loss medications, but she felt like she had to prove that she had the willpower to do it on her own. Which again, just those emotions, that's just so heavy and so much. And if you're wondering what got her from that point to where she is now with releasing this article and being on the weight loss medications, she says that the turning point was that she actually did a panel in July of this year, 2023, with weight loss experts and clinicians called The State of Weight. And 
she had the biggest aha moment along with many people in the audience. And she recalls that she realized she'd been blaming herself for all these years for being overweight and that she has a predisposition and no amount of willpower is going to control it. She adds that obesity is a disease. It's not about willpower. It's all about the brain. She says once she reconciled the science, she released her own shame about it, consulted her doctor who went on to prescribe it to her, and now she uses it as she feels she needs it as a tool to manage not yo-yoing. She did not specifically name the one that she takes, though, just so you guys know. And the final thing that she says on this that's been kind of the buzz statements that's been circling around is... The fact that there is a medically approved prescription for managing weight and staying healthier in my lifetime feels like a relief, like redemption, like a gift, and not something to hide behind and once again be ridiculed for. I'm absolutely done with shaming from other people and particularly myself. There's so much to unpack within those statements that she's made here, and I want to take some time to discuss those different topics that she brought up and talk through it from a non-diet perspective. But I think what's really, really important before we do any of that is remembering three different things. Number one, every single person on this earth has autonomy to choose what they want to do in general and with their body. Even as a dietitian, when I work with people, my role is to guide them and to give suggestions It's never to tell them what they can and cannot do. And second, you can disagree with someone's choice without putting the entirety of the blame for that choice on them. This is a very multifaceted issue and it doesn't just come down to one person. And so we should not be putting all of our blame or anger or sadness or whatever it is on one person because they have decided to make a certain choice. And number three, we have to remember the impact of people's experiences on their choices, especially when it comes to Oprah. She is a Black woman that grew up in a very diet culture era with tons of eyes on her that lived in a body that society didn't accept. There's really no one in the world that will understand that exact experience, but there's even very few people in the world that have her level of fame. And the people that do relate to her more would be women of color, especially black women, that have lived in bodies that they feel have been undermined and ridiculed by society. And as someone that is a white woman that has a body that has afforded her many privileges, I can't even begin to understand or speak on what that experience would be like, let alone judge her for making that choice that she felt that she had to make with all of the pressures that she has going on. So I want these things to be kept in mind, and I also want to use this last point as a launching pad to the first piece that I want to discuss in regards to this decision. So as I mentioned, Oprah's weight has been a topic of discussion since the very beginning of her career, despite the fact that her weight has absolutely nothing to do with the incredible mission and impact that she was making with the work that she was doing on her talk show and in general in life. 
And so if her weight had nothing to do with that, we need to ask ourselves, why was society so dead set on constantly commenting on this? And this, guys, is the issue of diet culture and also of fat phobia. Because diet culture makes it out to seem like someone's weight is one of the main pieces of their worth, of their success, of their willpower, as you heard with her discussions on how she felt like she was failing, that she didn't have willpower because she couldn't change X, Y, and Z thing. And so we make weight a reflection of so much about a person in our society, despite the fact that is, in fact, not a reflection of that at all. Now, what we can agree on between the non-diet perspective and the diet culture perspective in terms of what Oprah said is that weight is not something that is about willpower. It's not something that can just be quote-unquote controlled. Yes, there are things that influence it, but the main piece of how someone's body exists is due to their genetics. And that's why it's so important to never look at what someone else eats or how they move or anything and say, I want to do that because I want to look like them and vice versa to never shame yourself if you don't look like someone else. You have a body that's different than someone else. So even though Oprah was doing all this amazing stuff, everyone's honed in on this because in making her feel bad and shamed about it because diet culture gives us these incorrect ideas of what someone's weight and what their body means. So you have the people that are shaming her because of what they believe this says about her and her willpower. But you also had people that were commenting because they have this belief that someone's body size is related to their health. And therefore, there are a lot of people that believe that they need to comment on someone's body because it is helping them become the healthiest version of their self, themselves. Now, there's a lot of things to unpack here. Number one, the fact that I, as a non-diet practitioner, do not believe that someone's body size says anything about their health. This is the health at every size ideology. We don't have time to unpack and dissect this ideology and the science behind it, but there are definitely resources on this and I can link some of them in the comments. But this ideology directly contradicts the idea that someone looking at Oprah could say anything about what her health status is and it also contradicts this idea that obesity is a disease. Now, this is a notion that is heavily debated right now, scientifically, and within practitioners. I, as I said, as a Hayes professional and from the research that I have read, do not align with the idea that obesity is a disease. There are many people that do. But why I say that is, again, because of what I'm just mentioning. You can't look at someone's body size and say that that means anything about their health. And we also know that BMI scales are really faulty and inaccurate. So what even is obesity at that point? How do we measure that, right? I used to work on athletics, and most of the athletes that we would have, almost probably 75% of them, they were considered to be obese by the BMI scale because of their muscle mass or because they just had that type of body, right? So 
we can see the inaccuracies in this idea. And I'm not saying that in me believing this, it means other people can't believe different things or that Oprah is wrong. As I mentioned, everyone has autonomy of choice. But I just want to share that viewpoint if you're wondering about some of those comments. And the third thing I want you guys to keep in mind as to why people would have been commenting on Oprah's body despite the fact that it had nothing to do with her career is that Black women disproportionately and unfairly receive comments about their body for many different reasons, whether it be that it just exists differently than someone else's or because people still have their own stigmas and racism behind someone and how they look. And this 100% has contributed to the increased scrutiny around how she looks. And if you're curious to learn more about this, there is a book called Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings, and it dissects this topic more. And it's definitely worth the read if you're wanting to learn more about that and how these differences have affected even how diet culture operates because diet culture is all rooted in these type of kind of Eurocentric beauty ideals that are naturally not inclusive to everybody. And so all of those things, I believe, made a big impact in why this was such a huge part of the discussion now. And then this change into when she went into Weight Watchers, I feel like some people have looked at as a negative thing, especially because of the way that Weight Watchers is obviously associated with diet culture in their practices. I actually have an episode about Weight Watchers and how they tried to shift towards more of a wellness mindset. And I feel like I need to make a follow-up episode because recently they've shifted back, which has been really interesting, but that's neither here nor there for this episode. But to me, I just think it's very important to understand that if you are so known for something and you have continuously dealt with people commenting on your body's changes, why would you not then almost want to just own it in a means to protect yourself? Or in a means to, I don't know, profit off of the fact that everybody has been ridiculing you and shaming you for your whole life. I'm not saying that that means that it's a choice you should or shouldn't have made. Again, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm just here to try to add some light to why these choices could have been made. And I believe that Oprah genuinely believes that in this choice, she is helping people because if she has the viewpoint that obesity is a disease and she has the viewpoint that weight loss is extremely hard for certain people and that it takes this willpower, then she would also subsequently believe that by her becoming an ambassador for Weight Watchers and having stake in the company, she is helping more people become healthier by losing weight. Now, as a non-diet practitioner, that is not my personal belief. I'm not saying what she's doing is wrong. My personal belief is that we should not focus on weight loss as a means to quote-unquote get healthier. And ultimately, we shouldn't focus on weight loss in general because losing weight doesn't inherently mean that we are healthier. We have to look at how we feel and make changes to our lifestyle that feel the best for us 
whatever those may be, whether you're recovering from an eating disorder or you feel like you're in a space in your body that isn't feeling aligned for you, it's all about making a choice that is associated with you feeling your best. So it wouldn't be focused on that weight loss and it wouldn't be doing the things that Weight Watchers suggest. But what's important to keep in mind about why not only Oprah would have made this choice, but also why many people of her age make these choices is because this belief that weight loss is best, that someone's body that doesn't look like the Eurocentric beauty ideal is wrong, it it has been ingrained in them from such a young age. I work with women of this age point in Love Unrestricted sometimes. I've also worked with them one-on-one. It's less of what I experience in Love Unrestricted, but I still am lucky enough to work with some of these women. And their experiences are very different than what we experience now. Not to say they're harder or that they're easier, but it was much more so of like, as thin as you can possibly be is best. Anyone, anyone at all that isn't looking like a model, as in like a model size, is overweight, is needs to lose weight, and they need to go on this extreme diet. And the extreme diet is things I won't even mention because they could be triggering, but they're really intense. And there are obviously still a lot of inherent pressures right now on people with our current wellness culture and weight loss culture. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I think we forget how intense it was at that time. And again, how intense it would be for someone in her position that has been told these lies about her body and her weight for so many years. And if that is what you are continuously told, that's the idea that you often will then adopt, especially then if you're surrounded by a company and also people like a panel, for example, that all believes that same mindset around weight. And so this Weight Watchers decision, I think, is important to put into context of why she would likely be doing something like that and what that means to her in a deeper intention. And then when we come to this choice today about her going on a weight loss drug, again, I just feel like it's so important to emphasize autonomy. And I'm not going to say anything about whether I think she should or she shouldn't have done that choice. Like, it's really not my place at all. I feel like what we need to take away from this is the power of shame self-shame and societal shame, which is often generated by diet culture because what diet culture does is it makes us feel guilt because there are these certain rules and standards that we feel we have to adhere to and yet they are completely unrealistic and guilt over time with blame coupled um, to it creates this deep shame that then can make us feel desperate to we can then feel desperate to get out of it. And if you're sitting in shame for so many years, which Oprah, by the way, is 70 years old now, and you have something that someone says to you that helps you to release that shame, that is powerful. If for your entire career, every single day, multiple times a day, probably every minute, I mean, she's not looking at stuff every minute, but if you were to break it down every minute, 
people are commenting on your body, telling you that you don't have willpower, that you don't have control, that you don't do enough, that you don't look right. And then someone says, hey, it's not your fault. This is a scientific thing. It's not your fault. Imagine what that would feel like. I mean, that is, that, is there anything more powerful than someone saying something that makes you feel like you can release the shame? And also, if you have that recognition and you work to release the self-shame, you also want to spread that because you want other people to release their shame. At least that's what you're thinking. And you also want to reduce the societal shaming that led you to shame yourself. And I'm not saying that all of that is happening consciously, but I'm trying to add the perspective that shame is a powerful driver. And when you have existed in a space where you've dealt with that for so long and a solution comes out, you're likely going to attach to it. And that's exactly what I hear from this article. I hear the amount of shame that she was experiencing and my heart breaks for that. I just can't imagine it. And simultaneously, I hear someone that feels like they found something that releases it. And I understand why that would be so alluring, especially if you feel like from these trusted people around you, they are, you know, reassuring that perspective. And again, even if as a non-diet practitioner, I personally do not agree with this idea that there should even be shame around someone's body size. Like, I don't think that shame should have existed in the first place because if diet culture didn't exist and didn't make people feel so bad about their inherent natural body size and make them believe that it's unhealthy or they don't have willpower or they need to be yo-yoing their entire life or that makes them unhealthy, then we wouldn't have to have this conversation because she wouldn't feel that way. I understand that within the current environment of diet culture and in her current state from the pressures that she deals with, not just in this area, but in her entire life, that that was the solution that she chose. And I can see her perspective and appreciate that while also sharing some of my viewpoints on what could potentially be sought after as an alternative, such as if we do work as a society and as oneself to try to release this idea that our body has to look a certain way to be healthy or to show that we have willpower, we can also in turn release that shame. And I'm not even saying that those two things have to be separate. I'm not saying that you choose between going on a weight loss medication or believing some of the viewpoints that we've talked about in this article and or choosing to work on your shame in a way of releasing expectations around your body size. I'm just saying that it's important to acknowledge both of those things and how they can feel separate, how they can coexist, and how we can learn from both of these experiences. And I hope if you have been someone that has seen this article and had the inclination to put tons of blame and shame back on Oprah for making this choice, thinking about it from this perspective can maybe 
give you some different viewpoints and a different understanding or empathy than maybe what you had had previously. And I understand why you could have had that emotion. I understand why you could feel upset, why you could feel angry, why you could feel sad, why you could feel frustrated. There's pieces of this article that I read through in terms of beliefs around weight that are hard for me to read as someone that is of a haze-oriented non-diet mindset. You know, it's hard for me to read. It's hard that it's being spread. It's hard that more people could then believe this type of mindset. And yet that doesn't mean that I'm going to turn around and put the weight of all of that emotion back on someone that has negatively been affected for years by problematic systems in our society. We have to stop just blaming people and putting all the weight on people and start to look at the bigger picture of why this is happening. Like, why are we shaming someone even more that is only doing this because they felt so much shame? You know what I'm saying? I feel like we could talk about this all day long, honestly, but I hope more than anything that there were just a few different takeaways from this, and I hope you know that I'm holding space for you no matter what reaction you had, no matter what feelings you're experiencing, no matter where you're at within your journey between non-diet to diet culture to whatever else it may be. I get that it's complicated. I get that it's not just as easy as just eat what you want or just embrace your body. And I understand why it's frustrating when you may hear that type of stuff from people. But I also just want you to know that as an escape to shame, there are multiple different avenues. And I hope that you don't feel pigeonholed to just one. And I also hope that as we talk today, you feel like there was an expanded perspective around these choices and why people may make the choices that they do. As always, I am more than open to talk through this stuff with you guys, to just have an open conversation, to hear your viewpoints. I always just really appreciate talking with you all and in your ability to share your feedback. So if you have anything you want to share, please let me know. I will include a link to my Instagram, my programs, all that stuff in the show notes, as well as a place where you can submit any episodes idea, episode ideas. And also, if you're feeling so called to it, or if you are feeling called to it, I don't know why I said so called, I would love if you shared this episode with someone, or if you left a rating or a review for the podcast, all of your support means the world, even if it's just listening. I will see you guys hopefully in an episode here soon and I hope you have an amazing rest of your week.